Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Why, hello, my friends. How is it going? Como se va? I am pumped to talk to you today. And I just, I had this recollection I'd like to share with you right at this very moment. Something that's really cool to me is in the moment recollections, like whenever you have realized that you have been practicing at something and then you get to experience it firsthand, like take yourself out of your body and then like look at yourself doing the freaking thing. Let me give you an example. My entire life, I have struggled with being exposed to cold. Like Texas girl, 100% through and through, keeps hot sauce in my bag when time allows. I am all about the spice, the hot, right? And I have personally been working on cold exposure. So I started with like a couple of seconds in the shower using cold water and like not running away from it, right? <laughs> and I know that there there's a lot of like scientifically correct ways to do this. Like I have not done like a full-on ice bath by any means, but there's so many benefits to being cold as I've also talked about on previous episodes. But I have really been working on it. And like, you know, you kind of build your way up to, you know, five seconds, 10 seconds, however long you can. And you start to notice that your body kind of comes to an equilibrium or becomes able to withhold more uncomfortability. So like the phrase of things don't get easier, you just get stronger really comes into play. And it's winter, obviously. I picked <laughs> I picked a time where I felt like I didn't really have, well, you always have a choice, but I wanted to stop living my life running away from things that were convenient because I don't think that that is a way to grow. So I just realized as I was about to record this podcast that I took off my jacket instead of putting another jacket on. And I'm just kind of doing what I can to change how I accept cold or how I accept uncomfortability. Or, you know, this morning I was walking my dog and I didn't have on six coats. I only had on one. And and I kind of enjoyed the way that the breeze felt um, because in Dallas it is, I don't know, it's probably like 30 or 40 degrees. Um, which what is that in Celsius? I'm I'm trying to, you know, remember what Celsius is as well. I want to say that's probably like five degrees Celsius. That might be completely incorrect. <laughs> Someone fact check me on that. But all of that to say, hi guys. It's a little cold today. <laughs> today is um December December, December, which is French. December sixteenth, I believe, twenty twenty two. And I am so grateful to be here and to be alive. And this week, I wanted to talk about a topic that has kind of been on my heart and something that I've been thinking a lot and chewing on a lot. Um, and that is uncertainty and kind of how we can guide through uncertainty. And that was a very rigid way to say that uncertainty. T. Um, 
uncertainty and kind of trusting processes, processes, processes. Oh man, all these words, recording a podcast and uh, not real sure about all of them. But (laughs) so uncertainty, I was listening to, as you guys probably already know, I'm going to say his name, A.B., Mr. Arthur Brooks, who is a professor at Harvard, social scientist, columnist with The Atlantic, who has been such like a cool teacher for me to like really dive into this year because he also practices uh, the same faith that I do in in um, Christianity. And he really ties together the art of happiness with, you know, social science and with psychology and how we can be these holistically functioning humans, you know, operating at the very best that we can. And I actually had to go all the way back, like deep, deep dive into one of his old podcasts. Um, and I found an interview that I think I had listened to before, but I guess I hadn't really let it set on me, which can happen a lot, I think, especially with music. I think that there are songs that, you know, you hear when you're like a really young age or, you know, you're just maturely too young to really understand the concept or the meaning behind it. And then you hear it a couple years later or at a point in your life when I think the universe God wants you to actually listen to it, if that makes sense. So um, another example of that I was thinking about yesterday is uh, we think about all of the different, you know, music and movies that we listened to growing up. And I talked about this in uh, my article that I wrote called Culture and Codependency, that you don't really realize how important the things that have been taught to you or have landed on your ears are until later on in life when it's brought up. And I was thinking about like all of the music that I listened to at, you know, a very pivotal stage in my life. I used to love Hilary Duff. Okay. And I was also made fun of it for it a lot (laughs) because I grew up somewhere where it wasn't really cool to like anything that wasn't overall super popular like being a fangirl being you know an advocate for anything that the majority wasn't you were kind of like the outcast for so I remember going to like my brother's baseball games on the weekends and this was like a whole ordeal so any other little sisters big sisters out there that you know followed around their brother's sports teams uh growing up shout out to you i think that we deserve you know a holiday probably because of all of the saturdays that we <laughs> that we were uh spending at ballparks and i don't know if that's a southern thing or if that's an american thing but i digress i would have my like stuff by hillary duff uh notebook with like cutouts and like quotes and magazine clippings from like Tiger Beat and these like teen magazines because like I loved Hilary Duff and I was a fan of her performances and her music and the way that she carried herself and she was someone that I really looked up to and in in retrospect I think she was a great role model because I was thinking of like the Lizzie McGuire movie or like 
her first album, I think, uh, Metamorphosis, which I'm just like, wow, how fitting that like this girl at her album at like 16, like uh, the, some of the songs are still, you know, relevant to me today. But I was thinking about how I have been asking myself the question of like, why not? What is the risk here? And why would I not take it? Like, what is life if you don't live it? And I was thinking of her song, Why Not? Uh, And the lyrics go like, why not take a crazy chance? Why not do a crazy dance? If you lose the moment, you may lose a lot. So why not? Why not? And I think that that's an important question that we can all ask ourselves is like, why not? Not why, why are you doing something, but why would you not do it? You know, when people are asked at the end of their life or at an intersection of, you know, what do you regret? What do you wish that you would have done? It's usually not, oh, I'm really sad that I did this or I'm really angry that I did this. It is, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have moved across the country. I wish I would have told her how I felt. I wish I would have not been so scared to take the risk because it's not so much about what you've done. It's about what you didn't do. What do you wish that if your five years older self today could say to you right now, hey, it's worth the risk. You might fall, but you can get back up. What would that be? And I think in times of uncertainty and transitions that, you know, we're at the end of the year and there's always these New Year's resolutions that I want to be better next year. I want to go on this trip. I want to learn this. I want to implement this better habit that I think these are things that we're like adding up, like more to-do list, which hate to break it to you, but like your your to-do list isn't going to tuck you in bed at night. It's always going to be growing. And I try my best not to have more than two things on my to-do list every single day. Hear me out. That's not like, uh, you know, brush my teeth and then like go for a run. It's like two major things of what can I do to be a human being and what can I do to be a human becoming? You know, like If I really have to like take a ton of packages to the post office, you know, that's something that I need to get done. Or, you know, do I really want to sit with God today and like really meditate on a specific word or like just like sit and marvel at his wonder? I listen to this app called Hallow, which is a meditation app for Catholics, which I just absolutely adore. I think that what they do is so cool because, you know, if you're going to be looking at your phone or utilizing your phone for, you know, any certain aspect, I would hope that it would be for your betterment, not for your detriment. But that's also a different topic. We can talk about porn. We can talk about all of the things uh, texting your ex. We can talk about all the toxic things that technology is for at a later date. But I do love utilizing applications that make you better and like push you towards your principles and the practices that, you know, support those. So in the Hallow app, I love to listen to like many sermons or many meditations. And and I was listening to the episode on Advent where we were challenged to marvel at, you know, a photo of Jesus for a certain amount of time. And 
for a lot of us, I think it's really hard to just sit. And like meditation is difficult for me because I also have a squirrel brain. You know, like a lot of us have had a really difficult time with being able to focus, being able to just watch TV or just read a book or just cook dinner while not doing something else. But multitasking is a myth that's also been, you know, scientifically proven that when you are giving your attention to one thing and then you split it between two things, you're actually not giving attention to either fully. So being able to sit and marvel at something, you know, delight in something, worship something, be a part of something for a certain amount of time, I think is a practice that I I fully felt convicted to try out, you know, like I believe that you are filled up continually by your light source, by your divine God, whatever you worship, because we all worship something. And I have chosen that my, you know, function of worship is toward my savior and and the and the thing, the person, the entity, the divine that I believe fills me up the most is Jesus Christ. And that is something that I want to continue to get better at is learning to be still and learning to find you know, stillness and peace with the one thing that is the only thing that's actually going to fill me up because we can come to prayer. We can come to whatever you believe manifestation is. If you believe that's within crystals or your journal or, you know, the the nature, whatever that is, you are going to put all of those eggs in that basket. And I just want to continue to get better at that. I want to mature in my faith and my spirituality because that's the most important part of me. In fact, I believe that's the most important part of all of us, that it's not so much about what you get out of spending that time as it is spending that time. You know, memento mori, in light of eternity, how do you want to spend your life here? And as I am going through a transitional phase, like a lot of us are, you know, the new year is coming, 2023. I'm sure that we all have these bucket lists or ideals that we'd like to get done or implement. Something that I'd really like to do is is learn how to knit or sew um, because I think that I am progressively becoming a grandma in this lifetime and I've learned to be okay with it <laughs> because grandmas can be really peaceful beings. I saw some ladies like lunching, which how fun is that? Ladies lunching, like ladies who lunch. My grandma is a part of a group called the 80s ladies. And I'm like, wow, I just want to be a part of this with you guys. (laughs) Because I feel like they're just such peaceful people, which also is just such a blanket statement. I don't actually know that. But I don't want to continue to rush this life. I want to be present in these transitions and not just make checklist out of them. You know, what can I get out of this next phase of life instead of being present in the one that I am actually in right this second? Because tomorrow's not promised. This moment is what we are here for. And if you can take a second to be still and like live in the uncertainty that, you know, your daily bread is daily for a reason. Nothing is promised to us tomorrow. In fact, it's called daily bread because Holding on to the promise of tomorrow depletes the nutrition from today. You know, he didn't say, I'm going to give you 26 years to do this, 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 this. No, 
he said, daily bread. I take care of the wildflowers. Look at how beautiful they are. Look at them standing tall in the field. Do you think I'm not going to take care of you? And being taken care of can be looked at in a lot of different ways. You know, being taken care of physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. Those are all different definitions to different people. But what do you consider peace? What do you consider safety? Because a lot of those things in this life can alter and change. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially in today's age, that things are constantly evolving. You know, the way that you can listen to this, you know, you think of social media. And if you were to go back 50 years ago, like your grandparents, you know, they had the opportunity to to bloom and blossom and change in privacy. They didn't have, you know, this portfolio of things that they had to show off or consider their worth or identity on a screen because I even think of like Abraham Lincoln is a great example. I heard this from I believe it was Adam Grant that can you imagine if Abraham Lincoln had social media? Can you imagine that man changed his mind. There was so much uncertainty in his policies, in the way that the world was moving. You know, he went into office thinking that there's no way that things can change. And then guess what? He made change. Like going going from Democrat to Republican, going from left to right, going from blue to green, going from, you know, being a bongo player to wanting to be a pianist, going from wanting to be a doctor to a magician. You know, we have limited ourselves so much in, in today's culture that it's almost impossible to live in uncertainty because it's easy to be ridiculed or canceled for wanting to change your mind, but know that liminal states are achievable and they are peak points of creativity that whenever you are put in a position to change, new growth comes out of it and new recollections and new creativity can flourish. So that's what I've been thinking about this week. And I hope that if you have time that you can maybe sit and and meditate with God, uh, with the divine, and kind of see maybe what's been, you know, convicting your heart. What's What have you been thinking about, and what have you been uncertain about, and how can you be still in today instead of rushing towards the future to have some sort of insurance plan or some sort of, like, security towards, you know, is it a person? Is it a place? Is it a thing? Because today is all that we really have. and. I feel really lucky to talk to you today, and I am just overflowing with gratitude to get to connect to like-minded people and people that aren't like-minded, because that's another way that you grow, is having conversations with people that disagree with you. So today, I encourage you to seek discomfort, look for uncomfortability and how you can grow from it in these times and all times of uncertainty, because not much has changed. If you look through a history book, the only thing that is certain is that change is promised. So live, laugh, love in it, of it, through it. And I probably just butchered that tale as old as time. <laughs> I wanted to also take a moment to say how grateful I am that you guys have supported me up to this point 
in Cageless and my life as an artist. And I wanted to direct you over to my Patreon page where there will be exclusive content. There's going to be a lot of really cool stuff within the next couple of days about a ebook that I have not said that out loud. How exciting! An ebook and some exclusive content. Uh, I think I just said that twice for my Cageless listeners. There will be a link in the show notes and you can check it out. So I love you. I mean it. And I will talk to you so soon. Bye, guys.